Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. Today is Tuesday, January the 29th, 2019. It is 8 a.m. in New York, 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, 1 p.m. in London, Sydney, Australia is at 12 midnight. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for tuning in for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that you uh, were able to join us. Unfortunately, Cindy Chavez is not able to join us this morning. Uh, but uh, as a result of that, we're going to have to do a little bit of a, a change in plan, which we can do. Uh, I thought that uh, since we can't talk about Neville today, maybe we could talk about one of Neville's favorite things to do, which is to basically visualize and, and image what it is that, that you want. Um, but also one of Abraham's favorite things to do, which is pivoting. And for those of you who don't remember, the concept of pivoting is what they recommend, actually the activity of pivoting is what they recommend when you find your thought process on a path that you don't want it to be on, something that is really not what you prefer, but you find yourself there anyway, and you need to make a shift. Well, the shift is to pivot to something that does feel good, that is a preference, that uh, would be more in alignment with what it is that you want and love and like in life. Um, And it's quite the skill. I mean, it's a skill that most of us practice on a fairly regular basis. But as I finished up yesterday morning's podcast with Louis D'Souza, he pointed out, well, first of all, he asked that everybody bring their favorite meme, their favorite internet quote to next Monday's show. And we were going to take a look at them and kind of reinterpret all these quotes from an LOA perspective, which I thought was a great idea. Um, I'm thinking, why don't we get a head start on that? Because pivoting is something that we need to learn to do throughout the day, right? I mean, that's a pretty big part of being a successful, deliberate creator. So I figured, let's see if we can just get started on it today. I'll, I'll get it started a little bit myself. I've been uh, doing a little bit of um, research to see what I could find that's out there. Um, I'm seeing everybody uh, clicking in. Nasha asked me to elaborate on pivoting. Well, that, that gives you kind of an idea, Nasha, what I was just talking about. But let me give you some examples. I think the examples are going to help more than anything else. Um, so when I was doing my research this morning, I ended up uh, going to a website called lifewire.com, which is a fairly popular site. And they had a, an article that they posted, uh, I'm not sure when this one was posted. I don't see a date here. Oh yeah, it was, it was posted in November, this past November. 50 internet memes that have won our hearts. It was the title of their post. And it lists what it sounds like 50 different memes that they comment on. And I thought their commentary was fairly good, but I thought we could kind of take it to the next level. So, Nasha, you asked for an example of pivoting. Let's look at something that is not a preference, because you have to you have to pivot from something that is not a preference to something that is a preference. And so their first meme that they post fits the bill. And I, I say that uh, advisedly because it's called Be Like Bill. <laughs> um, it actually shows a picture of a stick man. Uh, two stick men, actually, and there's a, a note next to it, and the note says, this is Bill. Bill does not play Candy Crush. Bill has his own life. Bill is smart. Be like Bill. And according to LifeWire, I don't know if this is true, this 2015 to 2016 meme um, turned into a raging virus. It has propagated faster than any other internet meme. Is that true? I don't know, but it doesn't matter for our purposes. It goes on to say, Bill is a stick person illustration with white space left for captioning. The version pictured here is the Bill with the hat headdress. You will also see versions of stick person Bill sitting at a computer. 
The irresistible appeal of Bill is that it is a powerful, passive-aggressive way to make public judgments about other people's life choices. Great insight. I agree with them completely. If you want to comment on something you disagree with, the innocuous Bill stick figure is an excellent vehicle to transmit your message. In the same way that Kermit and his teacup have become a tool for highlighting and criticizing others, Bill is a wildfire hit with anyone who wants to feel morally superior to others. And you can create your own Bill meme narrative at ImageFlip, when there's a website apparently where you can do all this. Great insight. I, I love what they say. It is passive-aggressive. It's a way of saying, I disapprove of somebody else. And <clears throat> when I read that, I was reminded of something I read yesterday. I think I read it with uh, Louis um, from Abraham Hicks that I like to refer to a lot, that it's kind of my, like my go-to um, thing to refer to whenever I am dealing with somebody on Facebook who is you know, complaining about everything in their life and they're, they're tearing themselves down or they're tearing others down. They're complaining about how others are, how others are dealing with them or whatever it is. I, I like to kind of bring this, this, um, little quote up. The quote is from their book, the law of attraction, the basics of the teachings of Abraham. That's by Esther and Jerry Hicks, of course. And it can be found on page 141 of that book. And it says their disapproval of me is their lack. If there are others who see something in you that you do not approve of, most often you see their disapproval reflected back through their eyes, and you feel that you have gone wrong in some way. And we say unto you, it is not your lack, it is theirs. It is their inability to be the allower that brings forth their negative emotion. It's not your imperfection. And similarly, when you feel negative emotion because you have seen something in others that you do not want to see, it is not their lack, it is your own. Well, that pretty much describes passive-aggressive, doesn't it? That's what a passive aggressive person does. They're saying, I, I disapprove of the way that you are living. So I'm going to tell you in this passive aggressive manner, um, in the belief that I will cause you to change your, your ways and see the light. And it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, they've been, they, they're saying themselves, this is the most popular meme on the internet. Whether or not that's true is beside the point. They believe that it's the most, most popular meme on the internet and it's not changing anybody's minds. Isn't that an interesting thing? So, from an LOA perspective, how would we pivot? How would we change that meme so that it played out in a way that was perhaps more positive? Well, the first thing we would probably do is just simply mind our own business. I mean, if somebody else wants to play Candy Crush, and I, I gather that's a video game, I don't really know it, then that's their decision. It's up to them. And, you know, if somebody wants to go a different direction with their life, that's their decision. We have to be willing to let them do their own thing. So I think I probably pivot on this one by saying something like, Bill respects other people's choices. End of comment. And that's all Bill has to do is just respect other people's choices and feel good about it. That's a pivot. That's a pivot for the positive. So, with that concept in mind, Nasha, I hope that was uh, helpful to answer your question. Um, I'm going to ask you guys what kinds of internet memes or quotes that you know of or stories maybe from your own life can you share in the, the comments section of the live stream um, about ways to pivot or perhaps ways you have pivoted in your life. And, and as you're, as you're thinking about and, and choosing something to write about, um, express it first in terms of the original way you were looking at it, the negative way, the way that didn't feel so good, the non-preferred way, 
and then follow up with what the preferred way was. So give us the before and after, so to speak. And while you guys are figuring out what it is that you want to add into the comments section, I'll go through a few more of these memes and see what we can come up with. Number two is perfect for what we just talked about because it's the Kermit drinking the tea uh, meme. This particular one says, no money for food or child support, but you're in line for the new Jordans. But that's none of my business. This is the, but that's none of my business um, meme. The only thing that needs changing on that is the idea of the first part. Leave the second part in. None of it's none of my business. It, it's all none of my business. If you want to, you know, stand in line, it's none of my business. If if you uh, don't want to pay the child support, that's none of my business. If you don't want to do any of that, it's none of my business. You're going to experience whatever you're going to experience anyway out of it. It's not like my opinion is going to make any difference. So let go of it. I'm just not going to let. I'm just going to let go of the fact that you're choosing to uh, not pay the child support. That's your decision. You're going to end up paying for it one way or another, most likely. But I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just not going to pay attention to it. I probably will just drink my tea. So maybe we change the meme to just Kermit drinking his tea and take all the text away. And now Kermit is just enjoying his tea. That's a more positive way to look at the same thing, a happier, more preferred way. Certainly, it's one that truly is respecting the idea that it's none of my business. Instead of saying, oh, well, I have all this opinion, but it's none of my business. Bull. That's not, that's not saying, that, that's not acknowledging that it's none of your business. That's saying, well, it really is my business, but I'm going to pretend that it's not. So leave that alone. Just say, okay, I'm letting it go. I'm going to drink my tea. That's all there is to it. Uh, let's see. Oh, now she says that she tried to search for what Abraham Hicks had to say about pivoting on YouTube, but you, she couldn't find much. Yeah, you have to. Um, most of the stuff that they say about pivoting, um, it's either something they include in another topic. They, they suggested here, here's a step to take to deal with topic X, whatever topic X is. Um, but most often you find it in the books. The books have the more extensive discussion about what pivoting is all about. You, there probably is a YouTube video on pivoting. I'm not sure where it is exactly. I, I haven't looked at YouTube videos for Abraham in quite some time. But uh, don't worry about the fact that it's not on YouTube. Just just practice the the fact itself. It's, it's a very simple thing to practice. You you pick something that you've been focusing on, that you know you're focusing on the wrong side, something that doesn't feel good to you, something that perhaps is... I don't know, you're you're trying to take responsibility for, for somebody else's actions or trying to take responsibility for helping them see the light or, you know, I mean, it could be almost anything, all kinds of stuff. But you, you find something where you're not feeling good about the situation and then you turn it around to what feels good. Usually, too, the, the thing about pivoting is usually, it's usually recommended by Abraham whenever someone is stuck. You know how we can be stuck on... Um, we can be stuck on, uh, you know, we're, we're in a bad place. Um, my, my boss hates me, and I'm stuck on my boss hates me. Or I'm stuck on my spouse, and I are arguing all the time. Or I'm stuck on, I, I can't seem to get the job I'm looking for. Or I'm stuck on, uh, my health is, is deteriorating. I'm, I'm stuck on something. Those are the things that Abraham usually recommends pivoting from. To change the story. To change the way we're thinking and talking about whatever it is. So you, you really don't need to see a video in order to study pivoting. Just pick something from your own life. Pick something that you've experienced that 
you know, some place, sometimes you've been in some place where you've been stuck in some way. And then kind of analyze what it is that you're stuck on, get an idea of it, get a sense of what it is you're stuck on, and then listen to the story that you're telling about it. Listen to the way that you describe it. Well, you know, I've been trying to get a job and nobody, I, uh, I, everybody I talk to, I, every time I apply, I always get turned down and, and, uh, every job that, that is out there, it pays bad. You know, it's, it's one bad comment after another. It's one comment after another about, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And what you want to do is find that kind of thing that you've been telling yourself and then rewrite the story. So instead of, I can't find a job, everything works out bad, and, you know, the bosses don't like me, nobody wants to hire me, the pay is bad, turn it into, I am so excited that I'm going to find a job that I really love. That job is on its way. And it's a job that's going to fit me to a T. In fact, I'm going to excel at it. Change the storyline. By changing the storyline, we also create a better feeling place. And in the process of creating that better feeling place in our minds, it becomes true in reality. The Abraham point is you can't really change that until you change the storyline. That's what the pivoting is all about. The pivot is going from the storyline that's working against us to the storyline that works in our favor. So see if you can think of an example from your own life and then share that and see if you can come up with uh, something that helps you um, create that pivot, so to speak. So let's see what else uh, LifeWire has here. Well, this is a, I'm, the things that people can find to get negative about continue to astonish me, <laughs> I have to say. Um, this Star Wars series has a character named Kylo Ren, who's kind of a bad guy. And uh, he apparently, in the episode seven, invented a new tri-lightsaber. You know, the lightsaber was the, the, the sword, you know, the, the energy sword that um, the Star Wars characters, the, the Jedi use particularly. In this case, also the, the, the Sith characters use them as well. And apparently he's, he's invented one that doesn't just have one blade that, you know, the one light blade that, that cuts through anything, but it also has, you know, daggers and stuff sticking off to the side. And so uh, a number of people have created memes variations on it where they create turn it into like swiss army knives with all kinds of stuff coming out of it and you know it, it, there's really nothing wrong with that it's more like just just playing around with things so i i wouldn't consider that to be a um a pivot point by itself the point that is a pivot point is that apparently there are some people who have gotten really really frustrated over their claim that well a lightsaber can't work that way you can't have more than just the one beam coming out. You, you can't have multiple points coming out like that, which <laughs> of all the things to argue about, <laughs> I mean, people just invent things, you know? Um, I, I don't think it's too hard to figure out what the pivot point is on that. The pivot point is you just don't worry about that. You just change the subject because it's not that big of a deal. Um, I mean, if you really want to worry about it, the first thing you want to worry about is, well, how does the lightsaber work in the first place? <laughs> How is it possible to have even one of those little beams that will cut through anything? But, oh, well, people just want to fight about stuff sometimes. Let it go. I just let it go. I mean, that I'm laughing at it. That's probably one of the best ways to pivot. Just not take it seriously. And so I, I doubt that anyone here who's currently listening to this live stream or to the podcast is uh, so hooked up on the idea of, oh, God, I can't possibly have a lightsaber that would work that way. 
But if you are, just change the subject. <laughs> You're just not doing yourself any favor by, by thinking about it that way. Uh, so let's see what else we got here. Grumpy cat. Grumpy cat is a picture of a cat staring upward. Grumpy cat is a house pet from Arizona. Her real name is Tartar Sauce. <laughs> how can these, how can people get all worked up about these? And she has a disorder called feline dwarfism. Hmm. Okay. With a distinctive underbite that gives her a pouting facial expression, this little beast has become the poster child of oh, of sarcasm and faux negativity. Thousands of captured meme photos have been based on Tartar's simply, seemingly sad face. In actuality, Tartar is a very happy and friendly cat, which makes the sarcasm memes even richer. Do I really have to speak about sarcasm? I, I guess I probably do. Maybe that's that's the point of bringing this up. How do you pivot from sarcasm? You pivot to happy and light. But let's talk for a moment about sarcasm and what sarcasm does. Sarcasm is a way of being negative while pretending that you're not negative. It, it, it falls into the passive aggressive category. And what people don't realize, first of all, most people who engage in sarcasm, sarcasm or sarcasm in this case, uh, they don't realize that they're being negative. Which sounds kind of strange, but that's been my experience. People who engage in sarcasm don't realize they're focusing on what they don't want. But they are because the purpose of their sarcasm is to pass some sort of judgment on the things that they don't like and don't want. And so they're spending all the time that they're engaging in sarcasm focusing on things that they don't want. The solution is to give up being sarcastic and... That if it's a a long-standing habit, that can take some time. I know for a fact because I had that habit. Um, Louise and I were actually talking about that just uh, yesterday. But sarcasm is a habit that basically because it's so ingrained, first you have to notice that you're doing it. Second, uh, once you notice that you're doing it, you have to be committed to, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. So you as, as soon as you notice yourself... Uh, starting to say something sarcastic, what I found I had to do is I had to just kind of stop myself and say, oops, nope, I don't want to go down that road. That's just a rabbit hole to negativity. So take whatever the topic is and express it in a positive form. Um, so it, let's see, what are the, there's like an infinite number of ways that people can be sarcastic. Um, whew, and I'm having trouble remembering them, which I'm actually very proud of because it means that I'm no longer in a sarcastic uh, mindset anymore. But let's see. What can I think of that that's sarcastic? Um, well, any, any kind of negative comment is usually sarcastic. So uh, the president is behaving like a jerk. There, there is a sarcastic comment. You know, he, 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 he can't seem to do anything right. Um, well, just turn that around. You know, first of all, how much does the president actually touch my life? Not a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. Um, I suppose if I was a worker for the federal government, he had been touching my life because of the government shutdown. But even then, it's not like I have to be focused on him. I can take my focus off of him. So instead of being all upset about and, and con condemning and, and being morally superior to the president, why don't I change my focus to what it is that I want out of my life? Um, if I'm a federal government worker, and I'm, you know, for a time there, I was without a paycheck. They have since gotten their paychecks this week. Anyway, they're getting their paychecks, their back pay. 
Um, well, I think I focus on that first. Well, hey, I'm getting my back pay. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm caught up again. I can pay the bills. This is all a very good thing. And the second thing I can do is not think about the president. I mean, if there's anybody in the world who does not need to have someone or to have the world focus on him, it's President Trump. He craves it. He, he looks for, he, he, he starts fights for the purpose of getting attention. He, he will do anything. He will be as negative as he needs to be. He will, he will start fights. He will continue fights. He will create fights. He will do everything he can to fight to get attention. He will say the most outrageous things. He will say offensive things. He will say racist things. He will say all kinds of stuff just to get the attention. Louise, my wife, pointed out the, the day he got elected president, how you defeat President Trump. I don't mean defeat him at the electoral, at the voting booth. I mean, how do you defeat him in life? You defeat him by not paying any attention to him. Most people, unfortunately, in the United States who are uh, in the field of politics haven't mastered that trick. <laughs> they haven't mastered the trick of not paying attention. But uh, if they did, Trump would be in a bad place because he craves, he depends for his energy on people giving him a negative attention. You know, just don't give him the negative attention. And better yet, while you're not giving him negative attention, what you're really doing is giving positive attention to what it is that you do want. What is it that you do prefer? What is it that you do want to have happen in your life? People who get involved in politics think they're solving problems, but they actually aren't. They're actually exacerbating problems for the most part. Um, so change your mindset around. If you're in politics, focus on... Here, here's a real test for, for somebody who's in politics. Describe an issue, any issue of your choice, in terms of what you want and not in terms of what you don't want. So if your thing is the environment, see if you can describe the environment in terms of what you want. I guarantee you, most people who try this will say, well, what I want is to stop global warming. What I want is to stop pollution. What I want to do is to stop government polluters. Those are all things that you don't want. You're, you're, you're saying, well, I don't want them, but... Remember, the universe doesn't remember don't. It doesn't remember no. All it remembers is, you know, pollution, global warming, all the things that you don't want. So turn around to what you do want. This is a hard thing for, for most political operatives to do. It's actually fairly simple. If, if what you want is a clean environment, then say you want a clean environment. If what you want is a, a well-rounded ecoculture, well, then say you want a, a well-rounded ecoculture. If what you want is a, a, a healthy um, air supply and a healthy water supply, then say you want a healthy air supply and a healthy water supply. If, if, if what you want is climate that um, stays in a healthy range for human beings, then say you want climate that stays in a healthy range for human beings. That's how you focus on what you want. But, of course, that's not what political operatives want to do. They want to focus on what they don't want and what everybody doesn't want because that's how they think they're going to get the votes. They don't realize they're also undermining their own positions when they do so. Pivot. Pivot to what you want. Stay off of what you don't want. It doesn't do you any good. <laughs> Shelly says, I can't give up on sarcasm. It's too fun. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Shelly. If it really is fun, then... By all means, that's, that's a preference. That's saying, yes, I like that. I am enjoying that. So if you really are enjoying it, then great. You know, go ahead and do it. 
I would remind you, though, to kind of monitor and make sure you really are enjoying it. Because what I found is when I engaged in sarcasm, I would often say to myself, I feel good afterward. And then I would notice what would happen to my mood as I continued to engage in it. And inevitably, it didn't go up into the positive range. It went to the negative range. Now, that was me. Maybe that's not happening with you. And if it's not happening with you, then more power to you. Um, if, as long as you really are enjoying it, as long as it really is giving you the lift, go for it, girl. You know, if that's really working for you, just uh, my advice, monitor it. Make sure that it really is giving you that lift because otherwise you're just working against yourself. But you know better than I do what's going on in your life. I'm going to follow my advice from the first meme. I'm going to mind my own business. So <laughs> let's see. Oh, Nasha has, uh, she started to type, in some, type some stuff out that uh, she wants, and that's good. I want enough water. I want the world weather to go back to normal. I want a healthy earth there. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Way to go. All right. Uh, I don't really see, I see a lot of people saying that I'm right. That's good. I'm glad to, to see that. I'm not seeing anybody coming up with uh, examples. Oh, here we go. We're pivoting, Siraj says, I think getting out of your comfort zone and get into your vortex will be a good solution. Okay, well, you're, you're certainly expressing a preference there. That's good. Um, let's see, Shelly, I picture myself letting go of the oars when I'm pushing too hard on something. Yeah, that's the classic Abraham example, isn't it? You're riding in the boat on the river, and the human tendency is to start paddling and paddling and paddling and paddling trying to get upstream because we believe that's where our goals are. That's where our dreams are, the things that we're trying to attract. But this metaphorical stream of, of the law of attraction actually works the other way because everything that we want, it turns out, is downstream. So the best thing to do is to stop paddling. The boat will turn itself around and go floating downstream to where all of our dreams and desires are. And their, their point is we tend to effort a lot. We human beings, uh, we tend to start off with anything that we want with trying to figure out how we're going to do it, how we're going to get there. And that process of how are we going to get there, how are we going to do it, is a process that ultimately defeats us because we usually, most of us, don't get ourselves into alignment, into that good feeling place before we do anything. Um, so we don't take what's known as inspired action. We just simply take action because that's what we've been taught to do. Um, and the metaphor of the, of the rowboat with the oars that you're pulling in is basically don't take the action unless that action is to focus on what is it you want, how is it that you feel, what's going on internally to, to take the mental inside action. That's the only real action that you should be taking. And that's pulling the, the, the oars in. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, good point. That, that is a key, uh, a key idea where pivoting is concerned because you've got to be able to let go of the doing part in order to pivot. So much doing has to do with um, focusing on what we don't want and then and then trying to do our way out of it, which doesn't work. So, yep, good point, Shelley. I like that. So what else we got going here? Oh, Nasha had an interesting comment. Let me uh, copy and paste this over here so it's easier for me to see. I, I wish Facebook would make their comments bigger type because it makes it hard for me sometimes to see it when I'm trying to work three monitors at once, which I do have a tendency to do. So let me just do a little thing here. 
He says, I just realized last night while I was listening to some speaker, I realized how often we tend to think what we don't want. It's like in our comfort zone, so we ought to keep on checking ourselves. Yeah, exactly what I was just talking about. Exactly right. And let's see, Siraj also has a comment here, which is fairly lengthy, so I'm going to do a little copy and paste, if I can get the mouse to work. And Siraj says, oh, he wants to share his experience about segment intending. After practicing it, he implemented it in his work schedule. And so this is, I guess this is what he's intending for his work schedule. Eight hours of work daily in the office. He says he's segmenting it into four parts, two hours per segment, and he says it literally works for him. Now he's able to complete his eight hours of work in five hours. Very good. He's still practicing it. This is his first experience about segment intending. Well, you're off to a good start. That's very good. A um, couple of thoughts you might want to take on board. How you segment intend is entirely up to you um, because it's going to be very different and very individual for everybody. My recommendation is take a little more pressure off yourself. Don't force it to have to be two-hour segments. I mean, if they turn out to be two-hour segments, great. No, fine. But don't don't try to artificially make them two-hour segments. Make them whatever they are. You know, you, you know what the next thing is you're going to do. So if you're at the office and the next thing you're going to do is to, uh, I don't know, answer some emails from customers or something, then just make that your next segment. Don't worry about how long it's going to take. Just that's your next segment. It takes whatever it takes. And I, I think you, you're getting the right results. If you're turning an eight-hour day into five hours of work, you're definitely on the right track. I would just say take yourself, take a little more pressure off yourself. Don't feel like you have to you know, break it up into two-hour segments. It can be whatever segment length it is. And I don't even think about it in terms of how long the segment's going to be. I just think what's the next one and focus on that. Uh, and, and how do I want that focus to, how do I want that segment to play out? But good job. Very good job. I mean, the fact, first of all, that you're applying it in your day, that's something that most people don't even try to do. So congratulations for doing that. And congratulations on your success. That That's really great. Way to go. So let's see. Oh, now you're having a little trouble with the copy and paste. Yeah, it, it does get a little bit strange with the way the um, um, the commenting section works, but that's okay. We can We can talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, what else we got here? Okay, nothing really new there. So I'm just going to go back to some of my examples. I saw an example in uh, one of the Facebook Law of Attraction groups this morning, and this is a really good example for pivoting. A woman writes in and she says, Hey, guys, I, I don't usually do this, but can you send me positive vibes to my sister? She's in the psychiatric ward and is severely mentally ill. Thank you. And as soon as I read that, well, first of all, I'd already decided that we were going to do this, this thing on pivoting today. And I thought to myself, boy, it's a great opportunity for pivoting because what's she doing? She's telling the story that I'm sure she thinks of it as the real story, the true story. But in fact, it's the story that she doesn't want to tell or at least keep telling over and over again. Uh, her sister's in a psychiatric ward. She's severely mentally ill. She needs positive eyes because she's in a bad place. Well, that's a negative story. Sure, she needs to lay out, yes, this is what's going on. This is what I need help with. But what I would recommend to her is follow that up with, here's what my new story is. My new story is she's healing. My sister's healing. She's getting better. Um, she can be happy. She's improving. I love her. And every moment of every day, she's getting better and better and better change the story. That's a pivot. 
pivoting away from. She is a victim of mental illness in a psychiatric ward to she is a healing human being who is becoming healthier and more higher vibration and more in balance. And I love her so much. Different story entirely. That's that's like classic pivoting right there. So there's a good example. Let's see. There's another one I had here, too. See if I can find it. Oh, well, Joel actually published something, which was a good one. And I wanted to point something out about it. Joel likes to publish uh, memes that he finds that are are good examples of how to understand um, law of attraction as he teaches it to his clients in his practice. This particular meme has a background of, uh, of uh, looks like lake water, but it's, it's kind of a dark blue background. So it, basically you see the words that are superimposed on it more than you see the background. But the words say, every positive change in your life begins with a clear unequivocal decision that you are going to either do something or stop doing something. And the reason I wanted to point out this particular meme that Joel published is Joel is very much a person who talks about doing, which kind of flies in the face of what Abraham was talking about. It sounds like Abraham saying, well, no, you don't want to be a doer. You want to be an aligner. And Joel and I actually had a conversation about this one time. Um, and he admits that what he teaches is a little bit different from what Abraham teaches. But the point I want to make is what he teaches actually isn't all that different. And the reason I say that is, and, and I can actually point to it in this particular quote, even when he's advocating to his clients that they take action or you know, decide that they're either going to do something or to stop doing something, when he's doing that, he is also either overtly or covertly urging them to get into alignment at the same time or immediately after it. And the the clue in his quote here is every positive change in your life begins with a clear, unequivocal decision, a decision that you're going to either do something or to stop doing something. The decision is the key part where Joel is concerned. This is where you have to understand Joel talk, so to speak, because that decision in his mind is not, it's not a, a hard, cold decision about, well, I got to take some action. It's a de- decision about getting into alignment. He thinks about deciding to do something as an aligning opportunity, as an aligning activity. So even though his memes have a tendency to activate and to advocate taking action, inevitably, when you look closer, when you look deeper, you find what he's really saying is take action as you're getting yourself into alignment. It's just the way he says it is different from the way Abraham says it. Um, And I I point that out because it isn't really a a case of pivoting directly. It's more a case of realizing that the Abraham concept is a great concept, letting go of the oars, letting the boat take you downstream, but also recognizing that is a decision you have to make. You have to decide to let in the oars. You have to decide to go downstream. You have to decide to let the universe deliver to you what it's going to deliver to you based on what you've been focusing on in in your most positive and and preferred way. And when we do that, that's like the best action we can take. It's it's to make the decision. It's a mental choice. It's a mental uh, operation, choosing to focus on what it is that that feels good to us. That's really what it all comes down to. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have from that LifeWire article? Um, some of these memes, I have to say, are pretty wild. Uh, and 
I, it makes me wonder, are there, are there a whole bunch of people who have nothing better to do than come up with these really crazy memes? But apparently that's true. <laughs> uh, let's see. Links to... I, I don't even know what this is all about. There's a, Apparently there is a, a, a singer, I think it is, named Rick Astley. I have no idea who he is. And this this prankster has come up with this concept called Rick Rolling someone based on this Rick Astley. I'm not sure what it's all about. It says this prankster meme refuses to die. Rick Rolling is when someone pretends to send critical business email links in emails, but they actually send links to Rick Astley music videos from the 1980s. I. <laughs> I don't understand what's motivating some people. Like, what? What? They, uh, they they're getting their jollies out of this. I don't know what they're doing. I don't understand what their purpose is. So, I can't even comment on what the pivot is because I don't know what they want. <laughs> I don't know what they want. I don't know what they don't want. All I know is they're directing people to. I don't understand. That, that's crazy. I think I'll skip that one. <laughs> what the heck? What are these people thinking? Ugh. Let's see. What else do we have in here? You know, there, there are just a lot of people who are trying so hard to find a way to feel good. It, it's, it, it's really interesting to, to look at, and it's kind of encouraging, too. They're, they're sending out these memes that they think are just going to make them feel good, and that, that's a good part. Um, whether or not they're actually making them feel good is another question. I don't know the answer, but I give them credit for sending out stuff that they think is going to make them feel good. Um, some of the stuff they come up with, I wonder like what the heck they're thinking of, but hey, whatever works for them. Gas pump, gas pump karaoke prank. The smile-inducing prank has become a viral hit. The prankster is a phone newscaster on a gas pump TV. He starts a conversation with Will and Monifa Sims, two California customers filling up their minivan. The conversation turns into an impromptu singing performance with Will and Monifa performing songs from the 1980s. It's a terrific example of human talent and infectious spirit. And if you're like most viewers, you will cheer, you will cheer and clap during this delightful video. So taking advantage of the fact that here in the U.S., when you uh, go to the gas pumps, many gas stations have... A little video camera there so you can talk to the operator inside. They've turned that into an opportunity to do <laughs> impromptu entertainment. Okay, well, hey, you know, they're having fun. Good for them. That's not something that needs a pivot. I don't think that is a pivot. That's pivoting away from, you know, just dealing with a mundane task of filling up the gas tank in your car. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's funny. Uh, what do we have over here? Uh... Just a lot of commentary. Uh, yeah, nothing really. Nobody seems to have any uh, ideas about uh, their own pivots, which is interesting. I wonder why that is. Is it because we're not used to pivoting a lot? Because I find that the more pivoting I do, the easier it is for me to come up with examples. Um, I was doing a lot of pivoting, for instance, on Sunday, anyone listening to the podcast yesterday knew that 
Um, Sunday was a tough day for me. I was having a hard time getting into that, that positive space. And every practically every hour, it felt like I was finding myself in a place where I needed to pivot. So probably the most common pivot I dealt with throughout the day was I'm not feeling good right now. Well, I got to turn that story around. So I have a lot of things to feel good about. That that pivot happened more than anything else. And and usually I went to the basics. When I struggle with trying to get into that good feeling place where I'm focused on what I prefer, I start with the basics. I start with I've got food, I've got clothing, I've got a, a roof over my head, I have a wife who loves me, I have two cats that love us. Um, I, I have these basic things that I can count on in my life. And I, I did that a lot on Sunday. I went to that pivot Oh, geez. I don't know, 15, 20 times throughout the day because I needed to so much. But, you know, when you when you don't have another place to go, you, you pivot to your basic. And that that's what I found anyway. I, I have a few basics that I always can count on to just if I can't think of anything else, then I pivot to, the, to my basics. Um, so the fact that I don't see a whole lot of pivot stories in there makes me wonder how much are you guys pivoting? Are you guys pivoting throughout your day? Are you maybe, or maybe you're not experiencing any kind of downtime. Maybe you're not experiencing any kind of uh, focusing on the wrong stuff time. If that's the case, then maybe you should be doing this podcast because I need to learn from you. But if, if you are dealing with negative stuff, stuff that you don't like, and you're not pivoting as much, maybe you should consider doing it some more. It, it actually does help quite a bit. Um, it's up to you. Let's see. Oh, it looks like Shelly is explaining pivoting to Sarah. That's good. Says she pivots all day, every day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, Shelly. I'm with you. Yep. So, all right. Well, I'm going to just see if I can find any more pivot examples. If you guys aren't going to come up with any, I'd like to, to see what you guys have that you come up with in your life. I mean, Shelly, you mentioned you, you pivot all day long. Can you think of any pivots that you've done in the last 24 hours that you can share? That would be useful for, for people to know about. Um, <laughs> Siraj says, pivoting means pulling your own leg. <laughs> well, it can. It can mean that. I mean, it's it's really changing to whatever it makes you feel good. But if pulling your own leg makes you feel good, then fine. You know, go ahead and pull your own leg. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, let's see. What do we have here? Good guy, Greg. Microwaving at midnight when everyone is asleep opens it with one second left so it doesn't beep. Okay, well, that's, um, you know, there's a certain degree of of uh, being respectful toward others who are sleeping. That That's good. I'm not really quite sure what the point is of the meme, but hey, good on you. <laughs> uh, things people think of. The spinning ballerina illusion. This mesmerizing optical illusion was created by graphic designer Nobuyuki Kayahara. It has fascinated readers across the globe since 2007. Is this dancer standing on her left foot and spinning clockwise, or is she standing on her right foot and spinning the other way? Oh, I see. It's an optical illusion thing. Yeah, like right now, it looks like she's spinning to the left. Let's see. Can I also see it from the other way around, spinning to the right? I'm only seeing it spinning to the left. Well, it's a way to, to amuse yourself, I guess. Interesting thing about all of these memes, and it, and it just occurred to me, I wanted to point it out. 
All of them involve looking outside of ourselves to feel better. Nothing wrong with that necessarily. Uh, but I also want to point out, it's also better when we can look inside ourselves to feel better. So often we are in the habit of expecting outside circumstances to turn things around for us. And that's certainly a, a valuable thing to do when you're, when you're not feeling good, when you're out of alignment. It's a nice quick fix. But I also would recommend, and, and this is something I'm trying to work on in my own life, I recommend trying to find ways to look inside for feeling good. Um, we have this direct connection to source energy, to my higher Walt or my inner Walt. Um, we all have that connection, and that connection can be, if we choose to uh, connect to it and to notice it and, and to communicate along it and so forth, that can actually be a powerful source for feeling better, for choosing and uh, preferring, uh, emphasizing the things that we prefer over the things that we don't prefer. Um, so memes are great in that, in the sense that if we use them for feeling better, then great, if they really do make us feel better. But let's also remember, we can look inside. That's what meditation's about. That's what mirror exercises are about. That's what any of the, the internal focus processes that we can do are all about. Um, so, I mean, I, I recommend spending more time on that. I think it's actually very valuable to make that internal connection because the more that we get good at that, the less often we fall into those I'm stuck traps. You know what I mean? Um, we don't, we don't end up there as often because stuckness happens inside. You know, when, when we're stuck on something, we're stuck inside. It's not like we're stuck outside. We're stuck inside. Internally, we're feeling stuck on something. Well, if we're used to focusing internally on feeling good, we're going to get stuck a lot less often. So I think it's a great strategy to focus more on what makes me feel good inside. And the more I learn to do that, the less often I get stuck on things. I mean, Sunday, this past Sunday was a, was an exception, but it was a rare exception. It, that hasn't happened in quite some time. It's been months since I experienced that. I couldn't even tell you how long it's been. And I think it's because I've been through the podcast and what we talked about on the podcast. I've been learning to focus more and more internally. So I recommend that. Uh, I still don't see anything really new. Oh, let's see. Sarah just posted something. What did Sarah say? Oh, she's, I think she shared a pivot. Let's see what this is all about. So I'm going to copy this into my little text document so I can see it a little bit easier. All right. Sarah says, I find I need to do this when I've had a busy day and my mind is running away with me and I need to take back control of my thought process and be in the now. So to become aware of the moment, I tend to pivot to get me back into the moment. As sometimes when I'm so busy, my mind just runs away with me. Sometimes I find that my subconscious mind has been thinking so hard about nonsense that I forget about the moment for a long period of time. That's true. That's when you want to do pivoting. That's, that is exactly the time to do pivoting. And uh, I'd love to see, Sarah, what you pivot to, because you just talked about the stuff that doesn't feel good. What's the, what's the stuff that you pivot to? Can you share that part? That would be great. Raj and Shelly also have some good stuff here. Let's see what they've got. So a little copy and paste action. And... Okay, so Sarah says, yes, memes and sarcasm are good up to a point, but be sure you are not hurting someone's feelings or not hurting them because there are lots of people who can take it personally. That, that's true. That's true. It, it's 
actually more about making sure that you feel good about it. But that is a part about feeling good, isn't it? How how we uh, treat other people directly impacts how we feel about ourselves. So I agree with you. Yeah, make sure that uh, you're you're doing it. Whatever stuff you're you're engaging in to help you feel better, make sure that you're doing it from your highest position, from your position that feels best. I agree completely. And then Shelly says, I pivoted this morning. Good. Let's hear what it's about. She says, we are looking at starting a new business. Good for you. We're going to need some warehouse space. So how is it, that, how is it going to show up? How is it going to happen? So instead, I decide to know something amazing will show up. So I just have to stay open to any and all opportunities. A pivot. That's exactly right. That's a pivot. Tell, can you tell us more about uh, what the the new vision is, Shelley? What, what the new um, uh, the the new approach to thinking about it? What does that look like? Can you tell us more of the details of it? Because the details can be really good where a pivot is concerned. The more the more we can describe what that immediate experience is right after the pivot takes place and what that imagined world is, the better it is. I mean, um, Cindy likes to talk about, Cindy Chavez likes to talk about how we want to focus not just on what happens, but how does it feel, and not just how does it feel emotionally, but also how does it feel sensory. I mean, what what is the touch feeling? What is the vision? What what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you taste? Engage all the senses in the the vision that uh, you want to have happen. So I, I'd love to hear anything that you can share about what the total experience would be using all of our feelings, both our emotional feelings and our sensory feelings. Anything that you can tell about that, that would really help to illustrate how a pivot works. But I like what you came up with. What you came, what you came up with is really great. Excellent. Um, so let's see what else we got going on here. Uh, the double rainbow. You'd swear the cameraman was on some kind of acid trip when he shot his video. Oh, I see. We got a picture of a guy with a camera in his hands, and he's got this rainbow behind him. But the cameraman claims he was having a spiritual experience at the site of this Yosemite Park rainbow. People have flocked to his YouTube page to leave comments. Take a look for yourself and decide if his home video is just an act or a sincere life experience. Well, hey, if you're going to, you know, post something for the purpose of feeling good, that that's a good one, I have to say. I don't know whether or not uh, he faked it, but if you're going to focus on something, why not focus on something that feels good like a rainbow? Rainbows are beautiful. I love that. That's really, really good, you know? Almost doesn't matter whether he's faking it because he's focusing on what he wants, on what he likes. That That's more important than anything. Uh, oh, we've got a couple of comments from Sari, Sarah and uh, Shelley. So let me uh, bring those over to my text window and see what they have to say. First, we have uh, Sarah saying, I think about my healthy mind. Oh, she, this is her uh, um, pivot. She, she talked before about how she came home from a busy day and she needs to take control of her thought process because her mind's been kind of running away with her. And I asked her, well, what do you think about instead? Instead, she says, I think about my healthy mind and body, uh, my grandchildren's health. I'm not sure what grandchildren's, grandfather, grandmother, something like that. And my whole family's. All my animals are happy and healthy. I always try to give in some way, so I'm grateful that I can give. Um, oh, give in some way, I see. I always try to give in some way so that I'm grateful I can give. Um, whether it be a cup of tea to a homeless person or money to someone in need. 
I also am grateful for my home and being warm and having food in the house, etc. Good. Yeah. Those are great, sir. I love those. Those are the kinds of stories we need to tell ourselves more and more often. So, yeah, congratulations. That's a great kind of pivot, to pivot to that kind of thing. That's pivoting to the basics, isn't it? Pivoting to the things that are most important in your life. Well done. I really like that. And Shelly says, oh, this is a, regarding um, Shelly's warehouse space that she's envisioning. She says she's letting go, being open to options that she can't see right now. She's walking through the space, hearing the forklift, talking to customers, exchanging money for her product. Yeah, real good. Very good. I love it, Shelly. Very, very good. Yeah, that, that's classic pivoting right there where you're, you're living it. You're, you're living the new thing that you're trying to turn into reality by focusing your attention on it. That's a really, really good example of it. Um, and the funny thing is it really does work. It really does produce it doesn't necessarily produce the way we think it's going to produce. It it produces in the way that the universe can deliver, deliver a, a solution to us quickest and in the easiest way, you know, the path of least resistance, so-called. Um, so you never really know exactly how it's going to play out, but absolutely, that that kind of thing is exactly the, the right kind of thing to do with pivoting. So that's it. now I know why. There's another example of why Shelly is such a great co-host. She does the, the Monday evening podcast with me. Excellent job, Shelly. Excellent. Um, so let's see. What else we got going here? Epic fails. I hate those. I just don't do those at all. So I'm going to skip epic fails. I will say this about an epic fail. Epic fails are another passive-aggressive thing. It's a way of making fun of somebody else having something go wrong. And I'm just not into that. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel happy. It doesn't leave me in a better place it usually makes me feel worse after i've seen one of these epic fail videos or pictures or texts or whatever or memes you know, stay away from the epic fails you want you want to turn that around here's a way to pivot that how about turning from an epic fail to an ep epic success wouldn't that be something how about memes that that play out epic successes that would be that would be really rewarding, you know, because now we're talking about here's somebody who produced something that was monumentally better than what they expected instead of, um, oh, here's how somebody was embarrassed when they were doing X. Oh, I don't need to go down that road. Let's go down the road of what feels good, not the road that feels bad. So down with epic fails, up with epic successes. That's what I say. Uh, Paula has a suggestion. Let's see what she has to say. Oops, got to get that whole comment in there. Uh, Facebook could definitely improve the way that they give us the ability to copy and paste, but hey, at least we can copy and paste. That's the good thing. So what does Paula have to say? She says, a suggestion. What if people start the sentence with the word question? When they have a, when they have a question on here, example, question, what is pivoting? It may be easier for you to see it. That's a good idea, Paula. I don't know if we can get everybody to do that, but yeah, if I can see question in, in capital letters, that does make it easier to spot it. So, yeah, thank you. I mean, if people are up for doing that, that would be great. Um, I'll also try to um, work with Nasha because Nasha has volunteered to try to share questions with me. I'll see if I can help her find a way to do the copy and paste. But both are great solutions. I really like that. Thank you. And Shelly uh, says cross-country skis. I'm not sure what that is in reference to. Maybe the skis that are behind me on the wall. I'm not sure what you're referring to there, Shelly, but that's okay. 
So let's see. We got about five minutes left. Um, oh, I wanted to make sure I get the announcements in. If you're not yet a subscriber, please become one. Uh, pretty easy to do. Just find the links either in the descriptions of where we post these or on the homepage of the website at LOAToday.net. And uh, click the link, and it'll, it'll just set you right up uh, for your device and make sure that you get all of the episodes coming right to your smartphone every single time that we publish them. And then secondly, make sure that the, when, when you're liking what we're doing, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody you know who you think might be interested because that's how we keep getting the word out. And people have been sharing. I'm really appreciative of all the sharing that has been going on. Thank you guys so much who are doing the sharing. Keep it up. And if you uh, haven't been sharing quite so much, you know, look for opportunities to do it because it makes all the difference in the world. Um, oh, here's a great one. Rod, Mr. Rogers. Now, this is a Mr. Rogers remix. What is this all about? But Mr. Rogers himself was wonderful. He was like a he was a TV icon here in the United States back in the nineteen late nineteen sixties and early nineteen seventies, and actually through the nineteen eighties too. Um, Cindy Chavez and I did uh, for a short time. We did some biography type shows on wealthy people to demonstrate that there are wealthy people who are actually good people. And Fred Rogers was one of the ones that we talked about. So let's see, what is this uh, meme thing? Mr. Rogers remixed Garden of Your Mind. Mr. Rogers was an educational influence for millions of youth before he passed away in 2003. His PBS show inspired scientific curiosity, multiculturalism, a compassion for fellow human beings and animals, and a real hope for the future, and that's all true. PBS, the public broadcasting system, recently remixed a montage of Mr. Rogers' work in this hypnotizing video. Unlike other memes, this video is thoughtful and non-flashy, but if you followed Mr. Rogers as a youth, you are bound to find this new video to be resonant and moving. I've got to see that. I'll have to look at that after the uh, the podcast is over because it sounds like they turned that into something really positive, a, a montage of, of the best of Fred Rogers. That's really good. I like that. That's the kind of th- that, that's epic success, isn't it? That's what we were just talking about a, a few minutes ago. Focusing on epic success rather than epic failures. I mean, Mr. Rogers was an epic success, no doubt about it. And they, the people at PBS decided to play that up. Good. That's what I want to see more of. I like that. Thank you very much, PBS, for putting that together. I'll be looking into that. So let's see. Oh, because that's where the cross-country things was. Okay, Sarah was asking about the skis. Yeah, actually, they're my wife's skis. Um, she wanted to get into some cross-country skiing before she started dealing with the health issues and had actually done it a few times. But um, we're still hopeful that she's going to be able to do that again. Her progress, by the way, is continuing. She is getting better and better. It's like anything else in life. You know, you kind of go through ups and downs as you're doing it, but the overall pattern is an increasing, improving pattern, and that's really the encouraging thing as, as far as we're concerned. Um, and I want to thank everybody. She also wants me to thank everybody who's been sending Good wishes her way about uh, her health and, and the improving health, and we really appreciate it very, very much. But um, eventually, she's hopeful that she's going to be able to get back on those skis, and when that happens, you won't see them on the wall anymore. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I think we've kind of uh, come to a close on the hour, but I want to thank everybody who participated during the live stream, sharing your ideas, and I hope it gave you some ideas of your own about how to pivot and and perhaps even to do more pivoting throughout your day because pivoting is one of the most powerful processes that we have for getting ourselves into that better feeling place where all of our dreams come true and all the things that we want come to fruition. And with that in mind, I'll invite you to come back next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Mm -hmm.